Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to a special edition of Commons People, in which we bring you the inside story of what happened in Parliament during an extraordinary day when terror came right to the heart of the UK's capital city. My name's Owen Bennett. It's been a tough day for Theresa May. Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn had put in a decent shift at Prime Minister's questions, pressing her over cuts to school funding. I clearly rattled May, resorted to making personal attacks about where members of Labour's front bench had sent their children to school. Like many of my colleagues, I was working in the press gallery offices, which overlooked New Palace Yard and the grounds of Parliament, when at just before 2.40pm, we heard a bang. My colleague Jonathan Walker from the Birmingham Post now tells us what he saw. We, you, where, where we sit, as you know, you can hear things happening outside the Houses of Parliament quite often, and you often hear demonstrations, people shouting. I heard some shouting, I think you did too, Owen, and some screaming, and it sounded a little bit unusual, and there was some sort of bang, it wasn't clear what it was. Another colleague in a different office, Greg Heffer of the Daily Express, also heard the bangs, and he too rushed to the window. But then we heard uh, somebody screaming and screaming and screaming. So we sort of rushed to the window to see what was going on. Um, and at that point we heard some more bangs and sort of half a dozen people running towards Carriage Gate um, outside New Palace Yard. Um, at that point it seemed like most were running in panic, um, but then one guy ran straight through the gate and headed straight for a police officer uh, who was wearing a high-vis jacket. Um, and proceeded to pull out what looked like a metal implement I thought it was a pole or something and then struck him several times um, and then after that uh, we sort of had more security staff streaming from the buildings uh, another police officer ran across to what was the attacker with his baton raised um, but sort of was obscured from view by um, traffic bar- barricades and then um, yeah, before we knew it, there were sort of two groups of people stood over, two individuals. It wasn't just journalists, of course, who were aware that an incident was taking place. MPs were using the underground walkway that links the office block of Portcullis House with the House of Parliament were also caught up in the incident. Here's Lib Dem leader Tim Farron. So I heard, I heard a bang. I now kind of um, realise that's what I heard. But what I guess was the source of um, the trigger of the alarm for me was just seeing the sea of MPs moving towards uh, the chamber, immediately turning back on me, and, and so he almost got caught up in that. Um, and we ended up, uh, thanks to the police, being ushered out into the, the tube just below us, into Westminster. While Tim Farron and others were ushered into Westminster tube station, other MPs were ordered to go back into Portcullis House and away from danger. Here's Labour's Shadow Education Secretary, Angela Rayner. As I reached the escalator with a number of other MPs, it was, there was quite a bit of chaos there, and I thought, well, that's usual to get down the escalator when you're running late for a vote. And then all, all we heard was pop, pop, 
pop and get down, run, 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 move, move, and just loads of people with guns and you know because the police wear dark suits as well and we were like oh my god someone's coming up the escalator with a gun we were just pant- and we just that, that ran your, your we, we thought someone was coming we, it felt it sounded like the the gunfire was actually inside and that they were coming up to us and the police were get down run get down run run and we were ushered back here and we just legged it to the back of um Portcullis house and uh, barricaded ourselves in our rooms. We were all in, in your own office. In our own office with my staff. We shut the door and just, you know, I put turned the TV on to the news. And obviously, our offices lock from the inside, so unless you've got a key, you can't get in. Um, and we were all, you know, pretty scared. Not all MPs were in their offices, of course, or on the way to vote. Some had already reached out to Commons and the division lobby. And the first they were aware of the incident was when leader of the Commons, David Livington address them from the dispatch box. It is clear that the advice from the police and the director of security is still that the chamber should remain in lockdown. One of the MPs in the chamber was Labour's Mary Linden, who tells us now what it was like for those hundreds of MPs trapped inside. Uh, people were very calm, shocked, concerned, um, and then we're told we're going to be in a lockdown because of the incident. But by then, we were receiving things on our phones from our officers and, well, officers out the constituencies and other people, and we realised what there'd been some tragic occurrence and um, as it unfolded. like in the chamber? Because how long were you in there for? Was it four or five uh, hours? Yeah, probably about five hours. It actually passed quite quickly because... The, the sight of um, people were on their phones, it was lovely. Everyone was getting messages from here, there and everywhere, from whether it was uh, colleagues or, uh, you know, your staff in your local office or family, friends. We've seen this on TV, what's happening, are you OK? And, of course, many people needed to ring their staff around the building too to make sure they were OK because people who have staff here had staff back in their offices who subsequently were locked in the office um, and were you know were involved in the sweep that was done by the uh, security people through the building. There was one MP of course who was not in the chamber in Port Carlis House or Westminster Tube and that was Foreign Office Minister Tobias Elwood. Huffington Post Paul War saw Tobias try his best to save the life of the policeman who was stabbed. Amid all the commotion, we saw a group of uh, officers and paramedics gathering round, but it was clear that early on there was one figure who was really trying hard, a blonde-haired man wearing a suit, and it became quite clear when he turned towards us it was Toby Elwood, who was the Foreign Office Minister and former uh, Royal Army green jacket. Now, Toby... As soon as he turned round, you could see the blood was on his face. It was smeared on his on his suit and, and jacket. And it, it was obvious what he'd been trying to do. He'd been pumping. We'd seen him pumping the chest of the officer, desperately trying to keep going and going to revive him. And like many of the others who'd tried, um, sadly it was in vain. And it was truly heartbreaking to watch um, as you literally saw this officer's life drain away. And there was some very poignant images of, of Tobias Elwood and sort of standing and he, he sort of almost this sort of figure of real calm as all the everything went on around him. It was sort of very yeah, well, it's true, as the Prime Minister said, his training kicked in, his military training kicked in. Well, you know, everyone else, your natural instinct perhaps might be to run away from the gunfire. He went towards the action and he 
did his best. He did his military training to his first aid training. And what was very striking was after he'd not given up, but after he'd realised that there was no fur- no further resuscitation possible, um, he walked around almost in a sort of circle for a few minutes, almost as if that was the first point at which he was genuinely bewildered by what had just happened. And that was as equally poignant. And then finally he, he walked away from the scene. Parliament was now in lockdown. PC Keith Palmer was dead and lying just outside the cafe which visitors use when they come to look at Parliament. Tourists were still milling about the place. There were still school children here on school trips. But everything was very much in lockdown. Let's go back to Mary Linden to talk about how MPs in the chamber tried to cope with the fact they didn't really know what was going on and they were locked inside. Um, Dennis Skinner kept were amused for some time, actually. Where I said, uh, we need somebody to do a sing-song or something, to, to uh, not in a disrespectful way, and Dennis gave us a song that he'd sung um, at the Royal Albert Hall back in uh, 1986 for a, a post-minor gala. It You'll have to ask him about it because he sings, it, it's too like some Roger and Hammerstein music. He did a couple of songs and uh, about Margaret Thatcher and Turbot and things at the time. So you you have to ask him that. <laughs> what was the good. Oh, there was just a few of us round him. Oh, okay. No, he, he was he was serenading us because he is a good singer, Dennis. He's a very good singer. The police obviously had a sprawling estate to search as rumours of there perhaps being another attacker spread. They had to close down all the key areas of the site, including central lobby. Here is Fabia Tate, who is a researcher for the Conservative MP Victoria Borwick. I was stopped just before going into central lobby by one of the police who told me to stay where I was. I could hear some of what was going on over his radio um, and heard that they were calling ambulances, hopefully getting the army and that type of thing, um, but remained where we were. After about five minutes, we were let into central lobby. There were quite a few other people in there. No one was quite sure what was going on. but people were searching on their phones. I had quite a few people texting me, letting me know what was going on on the news. Um, And I think after about an hour in the central lobby, they took out all the children um, and we were told to remain there. Someone fainted in there and was taken out and I think given assistance. And as soon as we got into Westminster Hall, they did ask anyone who had any injuries or health issues to come straight, make themselves made aware of who they were. Um, for anyone who had any information, they were looking for people as well when we were in Central Lobby who had seen the incident or had any information they could pass on. And then after another couple of hours, we were let out. The reports uh, that we were getting told was that there was two assailants and one wasn't accounted for and potential was on the premises. So we were, we were all concerned and making sure that we all stayed together and you know, kept ourselves safe. Um, yeah, there was, there was a, a number of hours yesterday where we wasn't sure what was happening. I'm sure you were, you were in the press yeah, gallery absolutely. and in the same position where yeah. we didn't know quite whether or not there was somebody else or whether there was going to be another attack. After hours of being told to stay in our offices. We were eventually gathered up in the press gallery and moved down to Westminster Hall, the oldest part of the parliamentary estate, going back thousands of years. And it's, it's seen weddings, it's seen banquets, it's seen trials, it's, seen, it's had the Queen Mother lying in state there, it's had speeches from Nelson Mandela, from Barack Obama. But yesterday it was full of, of everyone. It was full of MPs, it was full of Journalists, it was for members of the public, it was for members of the House of Lords. The security services were there, 
doing a fantastic job. But that was where we were all we were all kept in there for at least another another couple of hours. Just after eight pm, the parliamentary estate was cleared and we were allowed to leave. Here's Angela Rayner again. We came out of Parliament and it was just a sea of people. It was like New Year's Eve when the celebrations are over and everybody's this like, carnage on the pavement and this eerie quiet, but yet loads and thousands of people around. Um, and then we all sort of, in a sort of days, just walked, walked home. And yeah, and today it was, it was just a solemn coming into Parliament, but we were absolutely clear, and my staff are all here, clear that we were gonna, we were going to be here. This morning when we all came back to work, we, it was surreal, it was, it was sombre, all the roads were closed off, but we could, we could get into Parliament, pass holders could, could get in. We wanted to carry on as normal, because we didn't want there to be any sense that the terrorists had won, but, but it wasn't a normal situation. I spoke to a security guard who knows, knows new Keith Palmer, and he said that he was a guy who loved his football, he was a guy who was very, very professional, he was a guy who was very, very... Uh, focus on his job but always very politely but firmly asked people to see their security badges and he said he was not surprised at all when he heard that Keith had run towards the terrorist but he also said that they would have all done that um, he also said that this week is a week they were there training new people to become security officers here at the House of Commons and that today every single one of them turned up for work they all still wanted to do it which I think is a is, is you know is a definition of carrying on as as normal. Um, here's Lib Dem leader Tim Farron. Hits you more a day or so after it, probably. I mean, I woke up this morning and walked walked in and walked past you know goodness knows how many police officers and um, you know as I said hello to every last one of them and um, I uh, you know you couldn't help but think that any one of them it could have been them who was poor Keith Palmer. The Commons went on as normal today. At half past ten, Theresa May came to the House to give a statement on the incident and it was, a, it, was a, it was a brilliant statement. It was pitched just right. It wasn't overly sensational. We didn't try to paint anything down either. Um, it kept everything in, in perspective. The key thing was unity. The key message was unity in this country, uh, unity in this city, unity in this parliament and I, I thought it was a brilliant speech. It, was, it really was the, the kind of best of British uh, the most emotional and most poignant intervention came from Tory MP for Braintree, James Cleverley, who is a man that I know well. Um, he is a he is a he is a, a funny man. He's a, he, he likes to laugh. He's you know he's generous with his time and his jokes and his humour. He knew Keith Palmer from his days in the military, and you can hear now the, the emotion in his voice as he pays tribute to him. Whilst our hearts go to all those people who were wounded and murdered yesterday and to all the people who sought to help them. With your indulgence, sir, I'd like to turn for just a moment to uh, PC Keith Palmer, who I first met 25 years ago as Gunner Keith Palmer at Headquarters Battery 100 Regiment, Royal Artillery. He was a strong, professional public servant. And it was a delight to meet him here again, only a few months after being elected. Would my right honourable friend, the Prime Minister, in recognition of the work that he did and the other police officers and public servants here in the House do, uh, consider recognising his gallantry and sacrifice formally with a posthumous recognition?
Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Before we end this podcast with Speaker John Burko's words ahead of a minute's silence in the chamber, uh, here's, here's Paul War with his um, political view of what happened and, and, and just saying how well, you know, his verdict on Theresa May and how well she did. And I recommend you go and look at his, his excellent write-up we did on our website of, um, of what happened yesterday. It was a day that, um, that I will certainly never forget and, and I'll never forget the, uh, the, the panic. The, the, the thing that will always stick with me is, is seeing the people running running away from, from, from the cars that crashed into the building and just that sense of panic. And in that moment, I remember just thinking, something big has happened. Something is going to happen. I remember, I remember physically almost bracing myself for something, whether it be an explosion, whether it be gunshots. But I remember that feeling of just something is going to happen. All right, here's, here's Paul War and then uh, John Burko. Commons people will resume next week. I thought it was perfectly pitched in terms of a reaction. It was even better today than it was last night. Last night was a very impressive, reassuring performance on the steps of Downing Street, as lots of MPs recognise today. That's exactly what you want from a Prime Minister in a time of crisis. It's exactly, to be fair, the sort of tone that Ken Livingstone struck straight after the 7-7 bombs. Uh, it's hard to remember it now, but actually at the time he took a very firm line in reassuring London that we would remain united and wouldn't be divided. And the Prime Minister did exactly that. That, but she did it with the extra emphasis that comes from being a Home Secretary for so long. You know, Britain's longest-serving Home Secretary for a, a long time since the Victorian era, uh, for you know, nearly seven years, and all that experience kicked in. She knows how the security services work. She knew precisely what the what the police would want in terms of a message. She also knew politically what the message would be. And I, I thought what was really interesting was the way she started off by making absolutely clear, we are not afraid. And to me, she, she bookended the speech by saying that, went through uh, paying the generous tributes to people who were killed, but also to the bravery of someone like Tobias Elwood. And then at the end, she repeated it by saying, you know, we will not be defeated. Order, colleagues, in respectful memory of those who lost their lives in yesterday's attack and of all of the casualties of that attack, we shall now observe a minute's silence. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.